If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Psalm 103. If you look with me in Psalm 103, let's read the first three verses there. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. In verse number three, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. And just for a few minutes this morning, I want to preach a message on the benefits of God's forgiveness. Benefits of God's forgiveness. And when you think about being forgiven, I want to just I'm try to divide the forgiveness of God into two aspects for us this morning to focus on. And when you think about being forgiven by God, I want you to think about your life. As good as we think we are, there's still, Scripture says, nothing good about us. Nothing good. And some of us probably, there was times in our life where we know we wasn't good. <laughs> but you know that God already loved you, and He'd already forgiven you of your sin. Not just the one you commit today or tomorrow, but all your sin be forgiven. Boy, that's a wonderful. And as, as we get through this Thanksgiving weekend, we're closing out and I want us to be thankful for what God's done for us. Uh, too many times, I'm going to tell you. I mean, we're—I know we're—we're we're a country that has problems, but I mean, we're—we're we're still a spoiled country. I mean, we are a spoiled people. There's not too much that if we didn't want, we probably—we probably could almost attain whatever we wanted. I mean, you know, I'm talking about in the physical means. Something—if you wanted something bad enough, you'd figure out a way to get it. But that, and that's, that's, I guess, one of the, the freedoms that we have in America is that we have the freedom to do that. But let, while we do all of that, let's not forget the benefits of God and His goodness to us. And so I want to just, just take it. You know, if you read that whole thing, you'll find many different things. But I want to just point out the aspect of forgiveness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you once again for this privilege and opportunity to be here in your house today, Lord. I know there's some that can't be here, and I understand all that. I, I know there might be some sitting outside uh, listening, and I understand all that. But God, we, we pray that whatever burdens we're facing right now, whatever just the, the toils of life and the, the cares of life, how it weighs down on us, whether it's a physical problem, financial problem, emotional problem, family problem, Lord, we know those burdens of life are very difficult, but I pray... Lord, that you'll help us just for these next few moments, Lord, to, to cast those cares upon you. And Lord, that we'll focus our heart and minds upon the Word of God and what you'd have for us today. Lord, I pray that we'll leave out of here just rejoicing and recognizing, Lord, the goodness of, uh, of you and, and your forgiveness in our life. And I do pray, Lord, if there's one here today that's never experienced your forgiveness, Lord, that today would be the day that they would come to you in faith and repentance and calling upon you to be their Lord and Savior. And Lord, for those who have been forgiven, Lord, may we understand, Lord, that we have been forgiven much. And Lord, and with that, we should take and have a forgiving spirit and heart toward others. Lord, may we live in the light that you'd have us to walk in, Lord, and follow your plan. Thank you for Jesus and Calvary, Lord. Help us to always have that heart of gratitude, knowing that you gave your life on the cross of Calvary, to pay for our sin. Forgive me where I failed thee. Help us now these next few moments, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. 
and I think about Thanksgiving and, and all the goodness of God and, 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 and I read through Psalm 103 and I see here where he talks about just bless the Lord. I mean, we're talking about, you know, sometimes when the preacher's preaching, people say amen or, or hallelujah or whatever. And sometimes they may even uh, uh, give a, a clap of praise to the Lord. And that's fine. I, that, that's wonderful. But, you know, how many times do we just in our own life just stop and bless the Lord, whether anybody's around us or not, that we just stop dead in our tracks and recognize God's goodness to us in our life. And no matter where we are and what we're doing, we just stop and bless the Lord. Now, notice he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I mean, we're not talking about a half-hearted praise. We're talking about mustering up something from the deep depths of our soul that we recognize who God is, what He's done for us, and that we praise Him and bless Him for His goodness in our life. Now notice it says at the end of verse 2, and forget not all His benefits. I'm convinced today that if saved people truly knew the benefits that God has for them, they might would praise the Lord every now and again, recognizing all that God has done for them. And I think about that. Go ahead, praise the Lord. Man, God's good. Uh, If we just understood that sometimes. Uh, You think about if you work a a job out in the public and and we think about benefits. You know, when you go work for somebody, first thing you want to know most of the time, what's the benefits? What's my benefits? You know, uh, whether it's a, a insurance plan or retirement benefits or, or, or how many vacation days to get or, or, you know, personal days off, whatever. And, and we call those benefits. And, and we think about that. But I want you to know that the Lord has given us many benefits to go along with our future in heaven with him. I mean, there's more to to being saved than just saying, well, I got a home in heaven. That's wonderful. And that's wonderful in itself. But God gives us so many benefits just by being his child. Now, when you read Psalm 103, I want you to realize that this is a psalm with David. And David wrote this psalm recognizing the goodness of God in his life. And the very first benefit that David mentioned here as we see this is that of forgiveness of sin. Now, notice he said, who forgiveth, in verse 3, all Thine iniquities. I'm glad that God didn't just forgive some of my iniquities, but He forgave all of my iniquities. Now, us as humans, sometimes we have a problem with that, don't we? I mean, we forgive somebody for maybe some of the things they've done, and it's hard for us to forgive somebody for all the things they've done. But I want you to know that the Lord looked down upon us as a sinful, wicked uh, creation. And the Bible says it even repented God that He had made man. And we were so wicked and so vile. But God had a plan of redemption for us because He loved us. And He loved us so much that He wasn't just going to forgive us of some of our sins. But He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay for all of our sins. And we have been forgiven of all of our iniquities. And I'm glad about that today that I can stand here free and redeemed and I have been forgiven of all my iniquities. And that's what David said. The very first benefit we see here is the forgiveness of sin. Now, how wonderful it is to have experienced the forgiveness of sinfulness that brings about a settled peace in our heart. You see, people who don't have forgiveness, they don't have a settled peace in their heart. The only peace they have is temporary peace that comes from whatever situation they're going through. You know, sometimes things are going well and everything seems peaceful. But then problems come and then things are not so peaceful. But when you have a forgiveness of your sin, when you have your eternal destiny settled, there's a peace that passes all understanding that settles down in your heart and soul. No matter what's going on around you, you can put your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep because you have peace. That's what he's talking about. Peace. David knew much about forgiveness. That's how he could write this. 
He knew. He knew where he was when the Lord found him. He knew how greatly that he had failed the Lord after he had been saved. Now, what do you think about something? The love of God. The love of God. Think about this applied in our lives. The Lord knew what kind of sinner we were. And He loved us and saved us. He knew what kind of sorry Christian we'd be after we were saved. And He still loved us and saved us. I'm talking about forgiveness, dear friend. I'm talking about a forgiveness of sin. There were no strings attached. Uh, It's not what we would call an Indian giver type of love. No, the Lord loved you without any... You think about any recompense. God loved you regardless. And think about this. There's a lost and dying world. They cuss God. They hate God. They curse His name. Uh, they, they, They hate the name of Jesus Christ. But God already loved them and already proved His love by His Son, Jesus. Now think about that. That's, a, that's an amazing love and forgiveness. I want to look at for, forgiveness in two different aspects this morning. The first one is to mention the greatest love that we could ever know. And that is the forgiveness that brings salvation to our soul. You know, we can love a lot of things. We can love our family. And we should. Even when there's times of, of maybe distance and maybe rifts that come along in our family. We should love our family. Maybe you love your spouse. You should love your spouse, by the way. You should love your spouse. Maybe we love our children. Love our grandchildren. Whatever the case might be. But the greatest love that a person could ever experience is the kind of love that would bring forgiveness of their sin and salvation into their life. I want you to think about that. That forgiveness that would bring salvation. Now, like all men, David, who wrote many of the Psalms, he knew about forgiveness. He was a sinner. He needed the Lord. And though he came from the family of Jesse, no doubt a godly man. But see, him being born into a good family wasn't enough. He needed a salvation. He needed a faith in the Messiah and what the Messiah would do. For him one day. He placed his personal faith. And y'all want you to recognize something today. It's not about who your family lineage is. It's about what you're doing with the faith that God has given you. You see the scripture tells us. For God had dealt to every man. The measure of faith. And there's a measure of faith. That's given to everyone that's born. Into this world. Now what they do with that faith. Is up to them. It's not about who's, who's, what your family name is. Or whether you were brought up in church or not. That has nothing to do with it. But there will come a day. Where you have to individually. As a person a human being. Recognize that there's a need for forgiveness. In your life. Now David knew that. He experienced the forgiveness. That would bring salvation. Uh, everybody knows Psalm 23. Where he wrote. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, David referred to the Lord as his shepherd, the one who would lead him. That comes from the idea of an eternal salvation. Matter of fact, when you read through that psalm, he ends the psalm with this. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to think about that forgiveness that brings salvation. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I think about that because salvation has always been about the goodness and mercy of God. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us it's the goodness of God 
that leads us to repentance. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, the fact that you're even sitting on a church pew today is evidence that God has been good to you and God has offered you another day of grace. If you haven't experienced salvation in your life, God has brought you to this point on this day and that's the goodness of God that you can hear the gospel message one more time and experience grace and forgiveness offered unto you. That's the goodness of God. It's a forgiveness that brings salvation. Salvation's always been about the goodness of God. Now, why God would be good to us, I don't know. I don't understand that kind of love. I can't explain that kind of love. When the Apostle John wrote, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. When he wrote that and he said, Behold, what that simply means is to stand back and take a look. And it wouldn't hurt us every now and again. Through the hustle and bustle of life and all the things that we have going on. That maybe we take time just to step back and to take a look at how much God loves us. How much He's cared for us. How much He's done for us. And the fact that He's given us this forgiveness. We need to every now and again just step back and behold, take a good look at God's goodness in our life. We need to do that. That's a forgiveness that brings salvation. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. It's a love beyond my, my human vocabulary. I don't know why God would love me like He does. I don't know why He'd love you like He does. But He already showed His love and He already proved His love. That is a forgiveness that brings salvation. Now, you can feel loved by a lot of people. And I thank God that we have a church family that knows how to show love and knows how to show compassion and concern. And that's wonderful, dear friend. But there's going to come a day where you're going to need something a little bit deeper than what the church family can give you. You're going to need to know that there's a God in heaven who loves you and cares about you. And when there's nobody else that you can go to, dear friend, there's a God that you can, Bible says, that, that if we draw near to Him, that He'll, he'll draw nigh to us. And the Bible, we were just as close, as close as the mention of our name. We hold our arms out to Him. He's got His arms out for us and all we got to do is just come lay on His lap, rest our burdens on His chest and experience His grace and forgiveness in our life. And I want to tell you, that's going to do more for us than the other thing can do. The power of God, the power of forgiveness, the restoration that we feel, the love that brings salvation. I think about that. It's the goodness of God. Forgiveness that brings salvation. And the next aspect I want to look at, as I just mentioned, the forgiveness that brings restoration. The forgiveness that brings restoration. Now, we talked about David. As we all do, David failed the Lord greatly. If you study the life of David, you know that. He sinned. He committed a terrible sin. More than one sin, by the way. When I said sin, I mean in a plural tense. A plural form. Sinfulness breaks our fellowship with the Lord. Sinfulness brings about our chastening. When I think about David's sinfulness, his confession and restoration, my mind automatically goes to Psalm 51. When David wrote this psalm of repentance, the penitent psalm. In Psalm 51, you can read through there in verses 2 through 4. And in verses 7 through 12, notice what he said. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. 
Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. I want you to understand something this morning. Though David was a child of God, when he committed a terrible, terrible progression of sin, he felt that disconnection. He felt that dirtiness. He felt that broken relationship with God. Notice that he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. If you start committing sin and living a life of sin, I want you to know you're going to feel dirty. You're going to feel dirty. There's something wrong with a Christian who doesn't feel dirty while waddling in sin. It makes you feel dirty, rotten. But he said, wash me, cleanse me from my sin. When you commit a sin, dear friend, as a Christian, you understand that there's a broken relationship. You understand that you don't, you, you, as far as your prayer, yeah, you can pray to God. But is your heart prepared to give that prayer to God? Because repentance is more than a one-time thing, dear friend. So many times people say, well, I repented when I got sin, when I got saved, and that was good enough. No, no, no. There's another repentance coming after we commit sin. And that's what David wrote here. He was writing a psalm of repentance, acknowledging his sin. And I want you to see here, he talks about purge me with hyssop, talking about the big branch. And they just, just beat it out of me, whip it out of me. And I shall be clean, wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. When I look through here, yeah, this is a psalm. But I'm so glad that 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9 is in the Bible. Written to saved people. Written to the church. It says if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to know, dear friend, that is not a prayer of salvation. That is a prayer of restoration. And what we probably need in Christianity today and in a whole bunch of churches today is that a lot of people, number one, if they haven't been saved, I'm talking about church people, if they hadn't been saved, they need to experience the forgiveness of salvation first. And then number two, we probably have a whole bunch of people that need to experience the forgiveness of restoration and cry out to God and ask forgiveness for the sin in their life and let him restore them to where they need to be. It'll make a difference. It'll make a big difference. God offers forgiveness. There's a confession of sinfulness when you read Psalm 51. You know what David said? I acknowledge my transgressions. You know, you'll never have restoration until, number one, you admit that you committed sin. David said, I acknowledge it. He said, it's ever before me. He said, I can't go anywhere without thinking about what I've done against God. I acknowledge you see, that's the confession of sinfulness. Before forgiveness and, and restoration can come, there has to be openness and confession. Let me say this. I'm not the Pope. I'm not a priest. I'm not talking about you scheduling a meeting with me and confessing your sin to me. I can't forgive you of your sin. You don't have to kiss my toe or kiss the ring on my finger or light so many candles. This You don't have to do that. But now what you do as a child of God, 
you find yourself a, a prayer closet for you to get in and you get along with God and offer unto him the confession that needs to be made and you cry out to him and ask God to forgive you and acknowledge your sin and you can have a restoration of fellowship with God in your life. And when that happens, when you get right with God, you can get right with everybody else. Amen. The confession of sinfulness. And then there's the forgiveness. Forgiveness of sinfulness. He said, purge me. When you read through there, purge me. Wash me. You know, when we ask for God's purging of sinfulness, as we read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us. What a blessing to have that load of sin that we've been carrying around taken away and restoration made full. You see, he's faithful and just. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the sin I committed. I don't have to know that. Matter of fact, God already knows that. And he's already offered forgiveness to you. Now, here's the thing about forgiveness. It's already offered. But forgiveness being offered and forgiveness being applied is two different things. God's forgiveness is there. It's readily available. But we have to go to God and ask for that forgiveness. And until we do that, that, that line of communication, that, that fellowship, like all that's broken, God and sin cannot coexist, dear friend. We can't be friends with the world and friends with God. It doesn't work that way. So we ask God to forgive us. We confess. He offers forgiveness. That forgiveness, when we confess it, is applied to our account. And He's faithful and just to forgive us. You know what the results are? Restoration. Restoration. When you read the rest of that psalm, there's some words that you'll see in there. Clean. Whiter than snow. To hear joy and gladness. A clean heart. A right spirit. Are you noticing those things? Well, here's, here's the issue. A person who's waddling in sin and have a, they have a broken relationship with God they feel dirty. They don't hear joy and gladness. They don't have a clean heart. They don't have a right spirit. If we would do what the Scripture says, number one, if you're not saved, there's a forgiveness offered today for you to have salvation. You can have that today. You can have a peace set on your heart that you never had. You need to do that. And number two, if you are saved, as a child of God, to be the kind of church member and Christian that we need to be. If we want to have the right spirit, if we want to have joy and gladness. He said, make me to hear joy and gladness. Think about that. To live a life as a Christian and not to be able to hear joy and gladness. In other words, all you hear is doom and gloom and, and the bad of things. There's no joy and no gladness. And there's a bitterness of spirit. And the Bible tells us that that bitterness of spirit dries up the bones. But, but a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. If we want that kind of spirit, we have to have restoration. When I think about the benefits that God gives us, the benefits of being saved. He said, forget not all His benefits. Have you been thankful for what God's done for you? Oh, yeah, he's a God who provides all of our needs and, and, and he does so much good to it. But have we just stopped and recognized his benefits in our life? We couldn't go another day without the strength of the Lord. We can't face what 20, 
21 holes without the strength of the Lord. We can't go forward as a church and as a people without the strength of the Lord. And I want you to know that strength, God's power has never diminished. His strength level has never dropped. But maybe our connection to Him has gotten a little messed up. God's power is there. Don't you want to have His power in your life as we finish out a year and go into a new year? I need His power more than I ever have. Listen, it's more to it than just say, I'll be at church Sunday. It's more to it than say, well, I'll read a chapter of the Bible. No, no, no. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to have His power resting upon me in a way that it never has. And to do that, I have to have restoration. I have to have forgiveness. Not just once a month or twice a year. Be honest with you, if you're like me, you have to go to the Lord quite often and ask Him to forgive us for what we've done. Are you here today with a burden in your life? Are you here today doubting your salvation? I want you to know you can leave out of here with, instead of a question mark, you can have an exclamation point. You can know that your name is written down in heaven. You can know that today. And if you are saved, but your connection to God is not where it needs to be, you don't have to come to me. You can come to God and pray and ask God to give you forgiveness. Let's bow our heads if you would. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Now, the invitation is going to be a little different today. Brother Emmett's going to come, and he's going to lead us in a song. It'll be an a cappella song. I'm going to stand down front. If you have a need in your life or you feel like you need to respond to the Lord, we want to offer that opportunity. Number one, if you're not saved... All that I could do, if I could get on my knees and beg you to come, it wouldn't do no good to grab you and drag you down the aisle. But if God has spoken to your heart and you want peace and assurance of salvation, I I wish you would step out today and come to Him. Or if you're a Christian and, and you know that there's things in your life that's not right, You don't have to come to me, but you can come to God and ask Him for forgiveness and restoration. I promise you, He'll do that. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to open your word and to preach and share the message today. I thank you for these that have been under the sound of the word of God today. And I pray for every need represented. Lord, if there's one that's lost today, may they come to you for us everlasting too late. And find that forgiveness, Lord, and experience that love that you have for them. And Lord, if there's one here today that they know you, but yet their life hasn't been what it needs to be, I pray that the Holy Ghost of God will convict them to a manner that they would come and get that forgiveness and restoration that they need. Lord, we heard a lot of prayer requests today, Lord, a lot of burdens, a lot of sickness. God, I pray you'd work in each and every heart and life. Help us to be a thankful people for all that you've done, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand to our feet, Brother Emmett's going to come. He'll lead us in a hymn. If you have a need, you can step out. Our altars are open.